Hey everyone, welcome back to But Why Though the Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the things in pop culture that people say matter and ask the question, but why though? Before we get started, as always, we wanted to invite you to our online conversation. So go ahead and follow us at But Why Though PC on Twitter and like our page on Facebook, facebook.com slash But Why Though PC. So give us a like, give us a follow, and tell us why pop culture matters to you. And if you want to support us a little bit more, head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash But Why Though PC. There, you can get access to episodes early, exclusive bonus episodes, extra content, and a little bit of merch. So make sure you check that out. And if a subscription is too much for you, which I totally understand, head on over to our Tee Public page where we're selling t-shirts, stickers, books, pretty much a whole bunch of stuff with our names and sayings on it. So check it out. And if you do buy one, take a picture of it and send it to us. And lastly, probably the most influential thing you can do, rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. It is the way that other people can find us and it's the best way to give us your feedback. Let us know what you think, leave a review, and as always, enjoy the show. Welcome back. Today we are talking about a show that has gone on for over 600 episodes and probably has some special place in your childhood, The Simpsons. As always, I'm your host, Kate. I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And our special guest, who might as well be a part of our family already, Alex. Hey guys, how's it going? And uh, give the listeners a refresher of where you're from. Yeah, so uh, I have another podcast called What We Talk About When We Talk About, which is another pop culture podcast where we talk about the meta of pop culture, I guess, <laughs> kind of. And then I also work for Friday.com, which is a horror news and review site. Welcome oh, back. and I'm on, the, I'm on the Game Boys podcast, which is a co-op gaming podcast. He does a lot of things. You yes. might know me from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so to start off the show. Who is your favorite Simpsons character, and how do you know the show? And what I mean by that is, have you binge-watched the whole thing? Have you watched every episode, or are you just a little casual with it? Adrian? My favorite Simpsons character uh, probably have to be Krusty the Clown. I just always liked Krusty. I don't know. I like... I like in, in these kind of shows, I like the kind of like character that's not there all the time, but kind of has like different reoccurring roles, because you know it's kind of like a special episode and he's kind of a tortured soul which i kind of like uh so and how do i know i mean i used to watch it a bunch when i was a kid when we just had like an antenna and like we only got like fox <laughs> so <laughs> i watched a bunch of simpsons when i was a kid but i haven't watched it in years years and years um i so i didn't even know it was still going uh but yeah i, I like the simpsons uh, Simpsons Hit and Run is probably one of my favorite games as a kid. And if you're not familiar with Simpsons Hit and Run, it's basically Grand Theft Auto, but with Simpsons characters. And yes, it is as good as you think it is. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Matt? So I like the dog and Maggie, I think is the Santa's baby. Little Helper? Yes, Santa's Little Helper and Maggie when they're together. Why? Um, I don't Other know, probably because they always end up being, it seems like they're always end up being the smartest of the characters. They seem to always portray the babies in these cartoons as like knowing more than what people realize. And they always seem to go on a crazy adventure, like when she went to Macho Picchu. 
Machu Picchu. Yep. Not Macho Picchu. Machu nah. Picchu. Machu Picchu. But yes, Macho Picchu. Now you got me messed up. <clears throat> it was long. Um, I can't even pronounce stupid word. <clears throat> and um, as far as knowing it, so there are what six hundred twenty-nine episodes. I've probably seen maybe forty-five. Oh, you're missing out. <laughs> for some reason, is he one like I believe it was even though like I just don't think it was I think it was just an age thing. I love adult cartoons, but I've just never really cared to sit down and watch The Simpsons. It's not like it's not like I don't like them because when they're on, I'm like, oh, cool, whatnot, good. But I've just never cared to sit and watch them. Yeah. So for me, my favorite character is Lisa, obviously. Because I'm kind of her. <laughs> With my soapbox and my Twitter microphone and uh, my causes. So <laughs> I think Lisa pretty much fits me as a person. Um, uh, I also think they characterize her pretty deeply, at least from the, and this goes into the how I know it and how deeply I know it, is I've probably seen about a good 10 years worth of episodes. Um but not consecutively and not in order. So I wasn't allowed to watch it growing up, like at all, which at this point, I don't know why. And I, I remember giving my mom like crap for it because she let my brother watch Family Guy as a kid on Adult Swim. But I couldn't watch The Simpsons, which is pretty wholesome in comparison to like everything that exists in adult cartoons now. Um, and so I remember... My aunt had no cable, also had the little bunny ears Adrian's talking about. And at her house, when I'd come home from school, um, right before my parents would come, I'd get to watch two episodes of The Simpsons. So that was probably one of my favorite things. Uh, yeah, I've seen nothing of, the new, of this new stuff, which the internet tells me is a good thing. Yep, it is. <laughs> uh, so what about you, Alex? Okay, so I, I have a long and deep history with The Simpsons. I they, Okay, so let's start with Christmas ornaments. I have a Christmas ornament that I made in kindergarten uh, where somehow for school picture day, I convinced I either convinced my parents or didn't know to let me wear my Bart Simpson t-shirt. So we have a Christmas ornament of five-year-old me uh, <laughs> immortalized on our tree wearing a Bart Simpson t-shirt uh, because I've been watching the show literally, I think, almost as long as I can remember because uh, my parents were real cool like that. And I actually, Man, was that a dig at Kate's parents? <laughs> I'll get to that. When I graduated uh, college the second time, I was like, okay, I think I'm done with education potentially forever, maybe just for a while. And I tracked down uh, a company that was reprinting that shirt that I had as a kindergartner, and I bought it again as an adult. Oh, gosh. Because <laughs> uh, I felt like a good bookend to things. Yeah. But no, I have a very distinct memory in first grade of lunch talking to my friend about the simpsons and saying somebody said something about their parents not letting them watch it and i was like well that's really dumb uh and apparently just six-year-old me was like i'm gonna drag your parents now for a minute uh and then this girl whose mom was a teacher's aide in the classroom was just like no i don't let my daughter watch the simpsons and just like real quickly put me in my place for being terrible about that uh and that has stuck with me as a like hey maybe consider other people's experiences <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I've been watching that show since I was a kid. My parents, like I've seen at least, I think the first 11 seasons, I've watched some of season 28. I've seen every Treehouse of horrors. Um, I want to watch through all of it. Eventually. I just know that there's like a deep dark Valley after season 
for some people, season seven, some people, season 10. For me, after season 11, I think is when it really is. Uh, I've heard there's some bright spots, but yeah, I've seen a lot of it, not all of it. So is this dip like before or after the Simpsons movie? Because I do remember going to go watch that in theaters. Simpsons movie is around season 16, I think. See, no, season 18. Because uh, the show started in 89 and that movie came out in like the late or mid to late 2000. So it's like 18 season, uh, season movie. And that is kind of when it could have been a bright spot, could have been dark to my understanding. Um, but I, I can't say for sure. It had spider pigs. I was elected to lead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and spider pig is like a modern Simpsons joke because the writing has changed a lot. I, a lot of what I know of the newer seasons comes from another podcast that I'll plug right now, which is called Worst Episode Ever. And it is two guys who love the Simpsons, like run Simpsons trivia bar nights in New York City. Uh, and they watch episodes to th- and then actually rate them on a scale uh, to figure out what is the worst ep- episode ever. <laughs> Uh, so they look at like originality, humor, um, continuity with like the characterization of everybody, um, like all that stuff, and then just kind of figure out like, is this actually the worst episode they've ever made? And they've so, done over a hundred episodes now, and they have all of them ranked. So, what is their worst episode as of right now? Oh, let me take a look. I think they just found it actually. Uh, okay, so Simpsons rankings on worst episode ever: Camp Crestier. Season 28, episode 15, and it is it honestly is, I think, the worst episode of The Simpsons that I've ever seen. Thank I have watched that one because that was I, that was one of the late seasons that I did watch. Ugh. Yeah, it's rough. I think, too, like, I think as we start moving into the history and talking about the But Why Those and just how long this show has been on, like, I think like one of the questions I'm going to have in my head and totally want you all to like kind of think about until we get to the end, like should it have been going on for as long as it was? That's a very good question, honestly. So with that, let's move into the history and the synopsis. I'm going to do this uh, small Wikipedia style so we can get straight to the but why those because with so many years of history, I think that's where we should spend the bulk of our time. Uh, so the Simpsons and to be honest like if you don't know what the Simpsons are like where have you been and why are you on the internet or how are you on the internet (laughs) if you don't know like the basis of the Simpsons if you don't know who the Simpsons are you probably don't know how to use a smartphone to access our podcasts that might be a fair assessment yeah So The Simpsons is an American animated sitcom created by Matt Groening for the Vox Broadcasting Company. The series is a satirical depiction of a working class of working class life epitomized by the Simpson family, which consists of Homer, Marge, Bart, Lisa, and Maggie. The show is set in a fictional town of Springfield and parodies American culture and society, television, and even the human condition. So since its debut on December 17th, 1989, um, Actually, in fun fact, in 1987, there was like about 40 or so episodes on the Tracy Ullman show, which served as pretty much the first episodes of The Simpsons. And then it evolved to what we have now. I thought you were going to say it was when I was born. What? Oh, yeah. Other fun fact. Matt was born in 87. Yay. Are you as important as... Do you know what a computer is? (laughs) <laughs> barely <laughs> uh so as of right now i think i don't know if this number is right 
uh, at 629 episodes. I'm just going to go ahead and say that it has over 600 episodes of The Simpsons have been broadcast. Its 29th season began in October of 2017, so last year. It is the longest-running American sitcom and the longest-running animated American program. And in 2009, it surpassed Gunsmoke as the longest-running American scripted primetime television series. The Simpsons movie itself is also a feature-length film which released in theaters worldwide in 2007, and it grossed over $527 million. On, in 2016, the series was renewed for a 29th and thir uh, 30th season of 22 episodes each, extending the show out until 2019, and we don't really know if that's the end point or when that end point is. The Simpsons pretty much received widespread, criti widespread critical, critical acclaim throughout its first nine or ten seasons. That's a little bit debatable depending where you fall, which are generally considered the golden age of The Simpsons. Time named it the 20th century's best television series, and Eric Adams of the AV Club named it television's crowning achievement regardless of format. So that means the best of anything that has ever happened on TV that's it. <laughs> but it's not the longest running TV thing. What is? Shark Week. Oh gosh, yeah. Shark Week. By one year. <laughs> Incredible. Um, so uh, in 2000, the Simpson family was awarded a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. It has won dozens of awards since it debuted as a series, including 31 primetime Emmys, 30 Annie Awards, which as we talked about in one of our last episodes, I believe was our Coraline review, our Coraline Patreon review. Um, the Annie Awards are special animation awards given out specifically to animators. Uh, so think like Oscars, but for animation. And a Peabody Award as well. Homer's explain. What is a Peabody Award? Because I know what Mr. Peabody is and I like that show, but what is an actual Peabody Award? I don't think the two are related. They're That's what related. I was. I want to make sure that was correct. I'm going to double check to make sure I'm right. That they're not related, or what it is? <laughs> <laughs> what it is? I know that they're not related, Alex. It's actually it's an Oscar, but it's just a gold statue of Mr. Peabody. <laughs> <laughs> if we have fans out there, please make us that. I'll put it on my shelf. Uh, yeah, so the Peabody Award is in honor of the most powerful, enlightening, and invigorating stories on television, radio, and online media. It was established in 1941 and is named after George Foster Peabody. Okay. Not the same thing. Well, I didn't think they were the same thing, but I just didn't <laughs> know, like, because everybody talks about, like, the, you know, the Annie's, I know the Emmys and whatnot. I've heard of the Peabody's before, but I've never been really aware of what exactly they are. I just kind of vaguely knew it was a TV thing. Yeah, same. Uh, so on top of that, Homer's catchphrase, don't, has been adopted into the English language. Which, wow. what, what was that? What was that phrase? Don't. Okay. Cool. Just, just want to double check. I heard it. <laughs> well, you already have. Oh, my God. TV. When you rage in D&D, can you just go, don't. I was when just you, about to say that. Rage. <laughs> oh, we need to make that a thing. Come on, Twitter. Talk her into it. So long as you keep booping people on the nose. I actually had a lot of fun doing that. <laughs> Don't. Which, uh, 
plug for our D&D campaign that we've been doing on Twitch. Adrian plays uh, one of uh, his friend's characters because she was gone, and he beats two things by booping them on the nose. And he finds a staff halfway through the stream and boops it with a staff. Um, that happened. right on the nose. I saw that it video on Twitter fantastic. today. It was very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you should come watch us do D&D. It's, it's actually really entertaining. <laughs> and fun. Uh, when I'm not getting one hit by a boss. Because that happened. So, uh, yeah. Dope <laughs> is in English language. Um, while The Simpsons has influenced many other adult-oriented animated sitcoms, uh, despite this, the show is also criticized for a decline since the 90s, and I, we will be getting into all these little goodies as we move through the show today. Uh, so to start things off, the show is pretty much made up of six people. There are six main cast members who pretty much do the voices for everybody. I don't know if that stays true in these later seasons, though. It, I know it's at least true through the Simpsons movie because at the credits of the end movie, they just put up a name and then images of every character they've faced. <laughs> and the first time I saw that, it blew my mind because I did not realize how many of them cover so many characters. And I feel too, like it'd be hard to change the voices of the characters because I know when I went back and watched like some of the first episodes when it was like streamable or something, it was I couldn't I had a really hard time because it was it wasn't like the voice acting that I was used to hearing. Yeah, all the time. and yeah, they they've been really good about just retiring people. Like uh, when the voice actress who did Edna Krabappel died, they wrote Edna out of the show instead of bringing in somebody to do a legacy voice, uh, which I thought was very respectful and the right move. Those six main cast members are Dan uh, Castaneda, Julie Kavnar, Nancy Cartwright. Uh, Yardley Smith, Hank Azaria, who like does a whole bunch of stuff outside of The Simpsons as well, mm -hmm. um, and live action and, stuff too. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, like I figured out who Hank Azaria was by watching stuff he did live action, and then made the connection backwards. Yeah, I think um, uh, all of them. I think at one point or another have done live action. I think Julie and Nancy the least. Because Nancy uh, Cartwright is also, isn't she the woman who does a lot? Who did a lot of the voices for '90s Nicktoons? She did, yeah. She did do a number of them. Um, yeah. And then the last uh, cast member is Harry Shearer. Shearer. Yeah, it's a weird one. And he's done a lot of Christopher Guest movies. He's in This Is Spinal Tap, A Mighty Wind, um, all that stuff. Ah. So. As we come into the But Why Those, this first one, and probably the one I spent the most time putting stuff together for because it fascinates me so much, is uh, the amount of math in The Simpsons, or actually the amount of degrees that people who have written The Simpsons have. Yeah. So this is one of those instances where you watch The Simpsons and a lot of people just say it's stupid comedy or it's, you know, there, there's nothing behind it. And then you realize that the guys writing it have a whole bunch of PhDs, so... <laughs> it also says stuff about academics, too. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, basically, all these people are very smart and have all these degrees, and they end up making a TV show. Yeah. Which is funny, because when I was looking up a whole bunch of their profiles, all of it was like, when I abandoned academia. <laughs> yeah. There's uh, one of the writers for Futurama, a related Matt Groening show, for literally for a joke in an episode, wrote a new math theorem. <laughs> 
That is amazing. Like he, they like they had this idea where it's like, oh, how many people would you need? Like, if you had people who were swapping brains around, like two at a time, <laughs> how many extra people would you need to be able to revert everything back to normal? Yep. And so he wrote a like he wrote a proven equation to show how many it would be. It's a solid episode. Now I like it even more. I know. Oh, I love that episode. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like Matt Groening, I think just loves pulling in nerds and being like, make something funny. So, like, we actually start going through stuff. Uh, actually, so The Simpsons has been called the most mathematically sophisticated television show in the history of primetime broadcasting. The Simpsons. And I don't think a lot it's of people think about that at all. <laughs> um, so, first up, Al Jean, who worked on the first series and is now an executive producer, went to Harvard to study math, mat- uh, to study mathematics when he was 16 years old. Uh Jeff Westbrook uh, resigned as a senior researcher at Yale University in order to write scripts. Once again, saying how much uh, academia. Yeah, I left academia and I'm much happier now that I've left it. That's a whole nother story. Um, (laughs) David S. Cohen abandoned mathematics and he had already, and after he had already co-authored a landmark research paper with uh, Manuel Bloom, a winner of the Turing Award, which is known as the Nobel Prize of Computing. And it was on, it's called On the Problem of Sorting Burnt Pancakes is the Hmm. title. Um, And it has to do with like this equation between how many flips a pancake would take to stack pancakes effectively or something like that. It's, it's kind of weird huh. and really interesting. And I wanted, I want to be in a room full of math people and listen to them talk about these things. You wouldn't get it. I, I wouldn't, but I'd yeah. be entertained. No, my, my brother has a master's in some field of mathematics and yeah, this kind of stuff is like, that's his jam is just like ridiculous things like that. <laughs> and I think honestly, numbers nerds just like seeing Can you do this with numbers? And the answer is always yes. The universe is ran off of numbers. Everything is run off of numbers. Everything's equations and run off of numbers. <laughs> they do entire studies of basically people who think, if you think your brain by using numbers and percentages, you're more likely to make better decisions. We do have our own math nerd, so. I'm not as in-depth as these people, but I took a lot of math. That's for <laughs> sure. So the first proper episode of the series in 1989 actually contained numerous mathematical references, including a joke about calculus. Treehouse of Horrors uh, 6 episode presents the most intensive five minutes of mathematics ever broadcast to a mass audience do you know what uh which short that was or what the premise was i don't i will research that quickly yeah research quickly because i probably should have done that yeah i was like i was gonna ask you that also listening to people talk about math i feel like they could have done it anything and probably been the most intense math thing oh okay <laughs> i was right so i had a hunch and i looked it up and i am I, my assumption is that uh, it is because that is the episode where Homer is sent into the 3D plane. Oh. Uh, Homer cubed. Uh, and there's a whole section of like Frank explaining how that works and all of that. And so I'm I'm assuming that between the three shorts that are in that episode, that has to be the one. Because the <laughs> other one's Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace and Attack of the 50-Foot Eyesores. So. Yes. so is that where I'm assuming they're just explaining how they everything works in 3D space? When X, I think y, so, yeah. Because basically everybody knows <laughs> XY and there's actually an XY, W, and Z planes. Yeah. It's so yeah, it has to be that. I like kind of wanted to make a gif of like the intense face Matt makes when he starts talking about math stuff because I find it very entertaining and I feel yeah. like it adds to the experience. Um okay, so The Simpsons also offered viewers an obscure 
joke about Fermat's last theorem, which is known as the most notorious equation in the history of mathematics, which I believe is the one that can't be proved? Well, there's a lot of them that can't be proved. The theorem they're talking about is basically a to the n plus b to the n uh, equals c to the n. So long as, I believe it's a, b, and c are greater than 1, I believe. I just pulled up the Wikipedia on it, and <laughs> the part of this that I love is that it says that he had scribbled it in the margin of a book and said he had a proof, but it was too big to fit in the margin. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, oh, and then, yeah, uh, the first successful proof was released in 1994 and formally published in 1995 after 358 years of effort. Oh, God. Yeah. So that's why it's notorious. Yes. Yeah, because the dude scribbled it in the margin of a book, and then it took over 300 years to figure it out. Is that a math thing? Do math people do that? Yes. <laughs> My best college class I ever had was in differential equations, in which basically you have a 50-minute class, and we basically your whole goal was to do one question, because that's about how long it took, in which my teacher literally spent the entire class, used all the chalkboard, any race half the chalkboard, which means drew lines, basically what you see in all these shows, and then goes, all right, I'm done. It said, go to the back of the book and checked it. And it was wrong. And he was like, shit. And then he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Excuse my language. And then he just sat there and he's like, what if we do this? And we were like, no. And then he's like, shit. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I can't cut the thing. And then he goes, class is dismissed. Just go away. And <laughs> basically, I literally had three pages of notes that basically just had to toss in the trash. That's actually really sad. It's also kind of great. It's like a, <laughs> the, like the Millennium Problems. Where they released, is it six or seven questions or whatever or like math theorems to prove and then it's like yeah we figured out one of them yeah well that's basically when you get to high level math that's all it is basically they give you a test most of them are all take home and there's like here's five questions go answer these and you usually turn in like welcome eight to pages. our math matters but why though episode <laughs> <laughs> right we should rerail this yeah <laughs> This is why I feel like national treasure might be a thing because people just like finding stuff for themselves. Yeah. I, I think it's totally possible. You're talking about like the movie? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, there is a website dedicated to math in The Simpsons called SimpsonsMath.com, and it's actually run by two PhDs. And then there is a book out called The Simpsons and Their Mathematical Secrets by Simon Singh. Um, so, yeah. It's a smart show, which I don't think a lot of people think of when they hear Eat My Shorts. Um, so the next but why, though, is the fact that other than Fritz the Cat, who is an honorable mention, um, The Simpsons is pretty much the first mainstream and widely publicized and viewed adult cartoon. And it pretty much coins all the tropes, like Matt, you mentioned smart babies, um, that are used across the adult shows. Yeah. Um, so we're thinking like uh, South Park, which comes in 97, and then you have um, like Family Guy, Futurama, which Futurama is the same creator. Um, uh, what else is there now? American Dad. Rick and Morty. Um, pretty much all of Adult Swim. Yeah. Yeah. Is South Park really 1997? I thought it was earlier. Yep. No, 1987. Oh, okay. Is the that... Santa vs. Jesus short was, I think, sooner, but that wasn't ever like an official episode. Okay. Yeah. Because... I was surprised too. I thought it was like 93. But it no, was... I knew it wasn't 93. I thought it was like 95 like, or something like that. Now, that one I understand why my parents don't want me to watch it. 
Oh, I also watched that one as a child. <laughs> uh, the weird thing is, like, my parents mostly were like, yeah, you can watch this, but we're going to talk to you about all of this. Like, if there's something bad in here that you shouldn't imitate, we're going to kind of lay that out. <laughs> so they're nice. well, your parents sound really responsible, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's what's supposed to happen, actually. Like, I've never heard of someone's parents actually doing that. So, yeah. Shout out to Alex's parents. <laughs> <laughs> I will pass that along to them. I'm not even sure they listen to my show. <laughs> um, so Matt Stone, uh, the co-creator of South Park, has actually said that The Simpsons is the bane of our existence. They have done so many parodies, tackled so many subjects. Simpsons did it is a very familiar refrain in our writer's room. Trey and I are constantly having our little cartoon compared to the best show in the history of television, The Simpsons. Why can't we be compared to According to Jim or Sister, Sister? Sister, uh, Sister is a great show, Matt yeah. Stone. Also, Simpsons did yeah. it actually is a whole plot of an episode that they did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah they're very, it's, very it's self-aware and put that into their episodes. <laughs> I will say that uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker's movie they made is way better than the Simpsons movie. And I don't care what anybody says, a basketball. That's like the greatest <laughs> movie ever. I have not seen that movie in years. We watched it last year. Oh, I've, you don't even! I can't even count how many times I watched that movie. Well, I and it, and it, it holds up. I thought it did. Oh, trust me. If I if we put people nowadays to watch that movie, some people's heads might explode from how offended they would get. But it's hilarious. <laughs> That's kind of like that. Just feels like the Matt uh, Matt Stone Trey Parker brand. Yes. Pretty much. <laughs> but I think t- this day and age, it would totally like really be bad. I thought totally hold up. Hmm. Considering this, uh, the state of sports and how much stuff even to this day and age is still changing with money and everything else, I think it pretty holds up pretty well. Oh, yeah. Which my watch of basketball was enhanced by Matt explaining the economics of sports to me. <laughs> that It does sound interesting, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> That's our life. That's You're a welcome, other, listeners. That's a, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> um, okay, so um, this is where we get into adult cartoons by the numbers and just the show is itself as a cartoon. So as a cartoon, it holds some pretty prestigious places, not only above other cartoons, um, like when it surpassed the Flintstones for longest-running primetime animated series in 97, but it's also unseated really long-standing live-action thing. So in 2004, it replaced The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet as the longest-running sitcom, animated or live-action. In 2009, it surpassed the, the uh, Ozzy and Harriet again. Um, their record was 435 episodes, and it's now recognized by the uh, Guinness Book of World Records as the world's longest-running sitcom uh, in terms of episode count. Okay, so they suppressed this at 435 episodes in 2009, correct? Yes. And they've been running since, what, 1989? Yeah. And Ozzy and Harriet, you said, runs from 1952 to 1966. So it took them literally seven more years to get that many episodes to catch up? Yeah, so, like, I do... So how many episodes were they producing in the 50s and 60s? A lot. Like, when you look at a lot of those old shows, like, like, their seasons are, like, 30 to, like, 40 episodes long. But how long are it's each episode? Like fifteen I don't minutes. Know. Man, they said young people and they were did the TV. They were pumping out like forty episode seasons. Well, yeah, but but there's only six shows options. on at a time. Exactly. <laughs> so, and that was just what was established as longest running sitcom, which I think it's 
kind of funny that The Simpsons, as a completely animated and really, like, satirical animated thing is compared to, like, sitcoms as a whole as a genre. Like, I would have never thought that The Simpsons was a sitcom. Oh, yeah, but it totally is. It's just, yeah, animated sitcom that is a satire of us, essentially. Yeah. Like, of the American people. Yep. Um, so in 2007, The Simpsons reached their 400th episode at the end of their 18th season. And while The Simpsons has a record for the number of episodes for the highest number of episodes by any American animated show, other animated series have surpassed The Simpsons. For example, there's a Japanese anime series, um, uh, Saze-san, which has over 7,000 episodes to its credits. How? <laughs> it's anime. That stuff never ends. That's true. <laughs> it's a lot of filler. Yes. And in 2017, the 29th season, they finally surpassed Gunsmoke as the longest scripted series. Which I think, like, the Simpsons are, like, the perfect way to show that, like, animation can be more than just animation. Because I think a lot of the time we leave animation out when we take things into consideration for, um, like awards or just classifications because like the fact that it is classified as a scripted series and a sitcom while also being a cartoon are things that other ones aren't and at this point i think they're kind of forced to recognize that the simpsons is are these things so that they can give it its credit for outlasting all these other ones well i think it's also interesting when you bring that up that basically we've been referring to as an animated show versus like a cartoon yeah. Like, so, even in the language, it seems like. Yeah, so, like, what? I mean, I don't... Is there a difference between an animated show and a cartoon? I don't know. I just know that... Technically speaking, I don't think so. Yeah, I, was like, <laughs> I didn't think there was, but it seems like when you talk to somebody, if you're referencing one of these shows, you usually say animated show versus, like, cartoon. Usually it's Scooby-Doo or something. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I think... Feel like too- no, I was going to say, I think, too, like, one of the things that it may have to do is, like, the fact that, like, cartoon has, like, child, like childish connotations. So you would assume that a cartoon is for a younger viewer. Like, technically, Rick and Morty is a cartoon, but you wouldn't call it a cartoon because you might not want kids watching Rick and Morty. So you call it a animated series, which gives it, like, a higher level type thing. Yeah, I think it's this. I think there's there's three separate things going on. So there's cartoons, which are for kids. There's adult cartoons which are for adults and that's stuff like rick and morty and then there's the simpsons which is an animated series which is kind of in the middle where it doesn't fully lean into the well we're for adults so we can get away with saying and showing whatever like it still has certain restraints on it that other like like that south park doesn't really give itself because it doesn't want to give itself um and i think it's a sims like by being an animated show i think that's really just a we're allowed to air on prime time yeah yeah, because, I mean, I sense. think Fox, like, when they do all these, they literally had, like, animation domination, like, themes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how they, like, promote it. Yeah. Because now, I think at this point, like, somebody has at least one animated series that they probably watch, like, a comedic animated series, um, like, regularly. Or at least one that they have, like, as something, like, in their memory yeah. of growing up. Um, and The Simpsons started that. So, what? It's just so fascinating that out of all of them, I can think off the top of my head, uh, this is one that I, like, do not watch. And it's, like, the first one that started everything. 
So beyond that, um, when it comes, like the other really big but why though is humor and popular culture and like popular culture as like a whole, as in the Simpsons have been a critique and a mirror for popular culture, but have also solidly made popular culture itself and become a giant part of it. Um, so the show's humor turns on cultural references that cover a wide spectrum of society. So like they use references from movies, music, science, history, literature, mathematics, um, and they refer to all of it and they don't really treat one better than the other, other uh, with the exception of how they show the satirized uh, like American characters interacting with them. The animators also regularly add uh, jokes and sight gags to the background um, via like text and signs, newspaper, billboards, pretty much everywhere. So that when you go back and watch The Simpsons, the humor is really layered. And whereas you have the joke happening in the foreground, there's probably an entirely another joke happening in the background that you'll catch when you watch, you know, a second or third time. Um, so... Kristen Thompson, who is an academic, argues that The Simpsons uses a flurry of cultural references, intentionally inconsistent characterization, and considerable self-reflexivity about television conventions and the status of the program as a television show. So, like, they maneuver themselves through what the, like, the regular confines of a television show is and kind of, con like, I don't make a character a caricature of it. Uh, and that's yeah. how they navigate that space of uh, cultural references, which is just to say it's a giant parody. Yeah. I, yeah, I get that. Super meta. Probably explains why I like the show as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the other really important thing is that there is a giant cultural importance and pop culture importance around this script. And what I mean by that is that it's actually entered everybody's popular vernacular. Um, everybody's like speech patterns, the way we refer to things, it's a lot of it can be done through The Simpsons, whether we're conscious of it or not, or not, because we've been exposed to it for so long. Um, so it's been said that like The Simpsons has apparently overtaken uh, are taken over from like Shakespeare or the Bible as our culture's like greatest source of idioms, and idioms themselves are like catch catchphrases, catch, catch um, textual allusions, things that you use to refer to things. And the most like the most famous catchphrase, the "don't," like I said earlier, um, is in the Oxford English Dictionary. It's without the apostrophe, but it is in the in the Oxford English dic uh, dictionary. dictionary. And um, the voice actor who does that actually said that he borrowed this uh, from one of the actors in Laurel and Hardy comedies who pronounced it in a more like elongated way. And hmm. that's kind of how we got it. Uh, so other words are cromulent and embiggen, which yes. have appeared in dictionary.com's 21st century lexicon. And, and it, they are used in scientific journals. And Biggin is used in scientific journals and the Miss Marvel comic, which I did not know came from The Simpsons. That's fantastic. Honestly, I think cromulent is, I like it because it became a word. And I did it, did those come from the same scene? I don't remember. 
I don't remember at all. I think they did. I'm pretty sure they're from the same episode, at least. I just noticed that somebody says something, and someone's like, why do you have to say it like that? They're like, yeah, I don't know why people get mad about it. It's a perfectly cromulent word. And it's like, <laughs> I hate this. I hate this so much, but I love it. Okay, okay so... Is the catchphrase... They, they are from the same one. Hero. It's from Lisa the Iconoclast, which is a great episode. Uh, and somebody says in big and never heard that word before I'm moving to Springfield. And then Miss Hoover says, I don't know why it's a perfectly cromulent word, uh, which is just something that uh, David X. Cohen made up just kind of as a ridiculous joke of like, yeah, whatever. Like, I'm just going to put this in here and I think it's good. Uh, but yeah, now it's in dictionaries. It's a thing. Embiggen is an actual like superhero power. Embiggenment. Well, and that's what's weird is you hear him, like, I hear him picking, and it it has never sounded wrong to me in my life. Like, it's always been like, yeah, that seems like a word that would exist. And then you find out that it was made up in a writer's room. And it's in scientific journals now. It's because nerd recognized nerd? I don't know. Like That has to be it. So also, um, the, the phrase, I for one welcome our new insect overlords, which is said by Kent Brockman in Deep Space Homer, is now a common phrase which I hadn't thought about until I saw this because I have personally used that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> or replace insect with like another word. I've seen that used a lot. It is like, there. one of the things that if you listen to our show, you do definitely know that like when, when it, it's relevant, we talk about memes and stuff. And that is definitely one of them that pops up routinely um, in the Twitter sphere. <laughs> Um, many years after it came out. <laughs> that specific catchphrase is also used in the New Scientist magazine, which is also surprising. <laughs> um, and then this is probably my favorite thing because I say it a whole bunch, uh, but the term, the dismissive term, meh, is believed to have been popularized, popularized by the show and was added into the dictionary in 2008. Yeah, and honestly, it's, yeah. It's a word that I think I probably heard it before The Simpsons, but The Simpsons is when I adopted it into my vocabulary. And I think Lisa says it, and I don't remember yeah. why, but she says meh, and then someone asks her a follow up. She's like, I said meh. Yeah. And it's like, it, it's a weirdly expressive word. I just looked it up, and apparently it is also an adjective. What? Which feels wrong, according to whatever the top dictionary oh, search result was. It. Like, describing a football play as having been meh. Yeah. Yeah. I would use it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was, use it as an adjective way more than I ever would use it as like a dismissive term, I think. Yeah, that's what I that's what yeah. I was gonna say. I do that too. I'm pretty sure. Like you Suicide back. Squad was meh. <laughs> You're being kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so other words are yoink and craptacular, which also have been used. I haven't heard craptacular as much, but I use yoink a whole bunch. Also, on top of that, the Oxford Dictionary of Modern Quotations includes several quotations from the show as well, um, as cheese-eating surrender monkeys and Homer's line, kids, you tried your best and you failed miserably. The I lesson is never you try. You tell me that all the time. <laughs> That is definitely like a plaque we should have in our house. Um, and then as well as kids are the best, Apu. You teach them to hate things you hate, and they practically raise themselves with the internet and all. Yeah, Homer's like just one walking just 
quotation machine of like things that I believe that are not like completely <laughs> like pessimistic, but like I think the average person feels that way. Like when he tells a uh, uh Bart and he Bart's like, "This is the worst day of my life." He's like, "This is the worst day of your life so far." Oh. Like that's such that's such a real thing. <laughs> like, so, do y'all have any favorite sayings? That you can credit to the Simpsons, like off the top of your head. Uh, look out, radioactive man. Although I don't use that one very often. Oh, you know what? Uh, going off of Adrian's, there is in the episode uh, "Marge Be Not Proud." Bart watches a commercial for a video game called Bone Storm, and the end of the commercial says, "Tell your parents buy me Bone Storm or go to hell." <laughs> and so Bart runs into the kitchen and shouts, "Buy me Bone Storm or go to hell." And Homer says something to the effect of, "There's a, like he's like." Bart and you think he's going to reprimand him and he just says there's a word or like we say please in this house or something like that and that's always stuck with me oh and the other one and this is also because my roommate that I used to live with who loved the Simpsons would say this is anytime you knock something over or break something or do something bad just saying it was like that when I got here yep and that has it's never got us out of anything that we've done uh, but yeah we have spilled things broken things and then just said that and hoped that people it's like <laughs> been that many times. I feel like that's been my motto, like walking around my new office, because there's so many things and all of it you have to do yourself. And like I they have like this fancy coffee maker, like an espresso machine. And I it's not I don't I didn't break it, but I didn't know how to use it. So, so it was like that when you got it. there. It was like that when I got there. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think I think like ultimately my favorite would just have to be oh my god it was just in my head and it just left my head uh my final one would be everything's coming up millhouse that's what i was gonna say that's what it was everything's coming up millhouse which i know isn't an originally a simpsons reference it's a reference to a song from a musical from everything's coming up roses uh, but something about that whole moment of millhouse's mom making him wear flood pants and then just like my ankles are wet but my cuffs are bone dry He's the nerdiest, weirdest kid, and I love him so much. Do you have any? I remember my other favorite one, which I think is like too kind of real for the world we live in. But when Homer's like, he's like drinking, like on his way to work, and he's like, "You don't, uh, you don't like your job. You don't strike. You go in every day and do it really half-assed. That's the American way." (laughs) And I just think that's like a very like too real. Yeah. For our current, that would be probably current administration. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that there is also a whole bunch that we like say every day and don't even think about. And it's probably a Simpsons reference. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's embedded very deep in culture at this point. And sometimes it's hard to identify what even came from the Simpsons. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, so the other thing that we have to talk about, like we always talk about whenever there is a giant pop culture phenomenon there are some controversies around it. Um, so one of the big ones that I found out was actually when the Simpsons did episodes like Bart visiting Australia. And I think there's another one where Lisa visits another country. Those countries actually got really, really mad. There's um, one day where they go to somewhere in South America and it's pretty much depicted as just like constant crime. I think uh, so. Yeah. Not quite on the level of the Puerto Rico parade in Seinfeld, but not really much better either. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like Homer gets almost immediately kidnapped. Uh, and then Bart finds a kid's TV show that's basically just like a woman in tassels. It's in Brazil. They're in, they're in yeah, Rio. Yeah, that's what it that's was. That's what yeah. it is. 
Yeah. And th- yeah, that country was not happy with that episode. And I get it. Uh, not a good look. Yeah. And then Australia was also mad at them, which I don't, I've never thought of Australians being mad at anybody. Um, yeah. But when Bart goes down under, they were mad at them. Yep. Um, and then a lot of people are really like the whole like responsible parents of America in the 90s were really mad that Bart was a role model for kids or that they saw like they imposed this idea of Bart being a role model because Bart was the destructive, stupid, you know, do whatever he wanted kid. And people didn't Which, want that to be the type of kid that their kids. So were, like, was he actually up portrayed to. as a role model? Because I never That's actually thought thing. that or, or knew yeah. that he, he wasn't. And the creators of the show had a lot to say about that. I know. Matt, I think Matt Groening said, "If you don't want your kid to turn out like Bart, don't parent like Homer." Which was yeah. kind of like, a, don't let your kid go unchecked and just watch whatever they want and never talk to them. Which is, I mean, I grew up watching The Simpsons and my parents talked to me about media. And if anything, The Simpsons taught me about storytelling and comedy and all of uh, like the like history and math and all of those things. Uh, and then one of the showrunners said something to the effect of expecting everybody who's ever on a TV screen to be a role model is wrong. Like, that's not yeah. how this works. Um. And yeah, I think honestly, like a lot of that was around people not wanting to have to actually parent in the age of, you know, primetime TV. Yeah. And I think too, like, I think a lot of that goes like that, like idea of Bart as a bad role model also goes into how um, like the Bushes like really hated the Simpsons too. Yeah. Like they really saw the Simpsons as like the breakdown of the American family and like this terrible thing. But like personally... I actually think that The Simpsons has, like, I'll pull in one of the but why those that I have, like, lowered down. But, like, I actually think family matters a great deal Mm -hmm. in The Simpsons. The letter from from Marge to Barbara Bush after the comments that the Bushes made on The Simpsons was, uh, I think, really good. And kind of put them in their place about that and about, you know, trashing the show and saying that we need more families like the Waltons and less like The Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. and yeah, definitely like a warranted like, hey, no, we do our best. And honestly, they're a better reflection of average American family life in the 90s than most TV shows at the time. Yeah, no, they entirely are. And like one of the reasons I definitely think that is because ultimately the reason Homer is in a dead end job is because of his daughter. Yeah, Maggie makes three. And it's a that beautiful is like episode. one of the most touching episodes ever, which if you haven't seen it, it's the one where homer like just wants to have a job at it's like a thing of it's a bowling alley at at a bowling because they're they're finally out of debt and he he realizes that he can budget so that they can live comfortably as they are living now working at a bowling alley and then marge is pregnant with maggie and he realizes that he can't do that and so he has to literally go crawling uh on his hands and knees back to mr burns for his job literally because mr burns has a half-sized door that he makes people go through if they're asking for their job back (laughs) And then on top of that, so it's all in a flashback. And then they say, well, where are all Maggie's pictures? And mm-hmm. he says, I had them where I really re- need them. And that pro- and this is probably one of my favorite episodes of The Simpsons. It mm-hmm. cuts to the sign that uh, Burns had put up in front of Homer's desk, which is, remember, you're stuck here forever. And then it's all the pictures are positioned on the plaque to, that, to, to where it only says, do it for her. Yeah. And it's, like, really touching. And, like... I think the Simpsons being a family that has a lot of issues, Bart and Lisa being like terrible sibling to terrible siblings to each other at times, but then at the mm-hmm. end, like really standing up for each other too. Oh yeah. Like, Bart I the think, general is about Bart defending Lisa. Yeah. 
And so like for me, like that is way more of family mattering because family isn't just through the Waltons and happy times. Yeah. And good night, Joe Bob. <laughs> like, yeah. And I, and I think also like on the note of like Bart and Lisa, like there is, so there, there's three flashback episodes that I really love. There's Maggie makes three. Uh, I think the way we was is the one that covers when Bart was born and Lisa's first word where you find out that Lisa's first word was Bart. Yeah. Um, and it goes through like all of their relationships and how they are the way they are and how they're so close. And I, and I think also Bart, like in the idea of like, well, Bart shouldn't be a role model. I think Bart was also an incredibly relatable character for a lot of kids and probably in ways that parents didn't want to admit because Bart, isn't book smart like the the whole uh episode bart gets an f where you see him like having this emotional breakdown because he realizes that he's not smart and that he's gonna have to repeat fourth grade and it's like that episode hits hard on like fears around not being intelligent and honestly was probably really useful for a lot of kids to see that lived out on tv but instead parents were shutting it down saying like no he's bad and then those kids being like well but i'm not smart so am i bad and like it it's just really bad mixed messaging to try to shut that down. Yeah. What do you guys think? Talk to your kids. And it's not a problem. <laughs> Tell your kids to be like Lisa. Like, and like all of that goes away, basically. I've actually seen all three of those episodes out of the like massive 40 that I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Oh, I mean, I just never thought of Bart as a role model, honestly. I never thought that they portrayed it. It never seemed like anywhere in the show they portrayed him as a role model. Yeah, and I think the family stuff is still super important. I mean, like the whole Simpsons movie that they came out with that like was in movie theaters was all about family. Like it's what the plot was. It was them coming together as a family despite mm-hmm. the stupid stuff that Homer did. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on. Um uh, the other big con- con- uh, controversy is that it's declined over the past 10 years for the most part. Yep. And then uh, most recently, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because uh, there is actually a movie called The Problem with Apu. Um, and it's it's actually not the kind of movie that I expected. I thought it was just going to say these are bad stereotypes. I thought that's all the discussion was going to be. Um, mm-hmm. But what it actually does is, like, from, like, the South Asian American perspective kind of unpacks this and says, like, stereotypes themselves aren't bad because, like, we recognize that The Simpsons is a parody and, like, Flanders and um, and Nelson and Burns and, like, all of these people are caricatures and stereotypes of things but what the problem with all poo does is it like says we can still like these things but we can also understand that like when this is the only stereotype that's available then it becomes a problem and so like this kind of uses the simpsons as like this touchstone that everybody has seen and for a lot of people when there aren't south asians in their community if apu is the only person you saw on tv this is automatically how you think everybody fits. And that's your point of relation. And they have like interviews with people and stuff. And it's like, yeah, I've had people do the Apu voice to me all the time or ask me if I can do that voice for them. And so like it kind of highlights where like parody can always be a parody and it can not be problematic, not be problematic so long as there are other images of that um, like of that of of what subject to parody out there, 
because then it just turns into like this is the largest show with one of the largest audiences that has been that is the longest running show and it's had these stereotypes at the forefront or like this specific one that has led a lot of people in the south asian community to be treated a certain way with that but then it talks about how as we have like mindy kaling as a writer um or, or, and uh you know aziz ansari and these different south asian voices like coming forward it's offsetting that um so it's a really nuanced approach and it uses the simpsons to kind of like tell this story um and i thought it was really cool especially because it's not just like the standard stereotypes are bad narrative so much as yeah, like i i haven't watched it yet but that i i really need to especially hearing it more explained because at first i thought it's just going to be about the the problem that is Apu, which you know is pretty on like plain on the face. Like you can, it's it's right there of everything that's wrong with it. So I was like, I don't need a whole documentary to tell me about the problems with this. I'm very aware of the problems with this. But if it's going into like the idea of like how that plays out in a larger cultural context, that seems like a really important conversation to be having. Yeah, because it, it's it's it, at least in my perspective and like hearing a lot of like interviews, the way he talks about it isn't so much as like you're wrong for liking Apu or like. The Simpsons is wrong for having Apu so much as like let's look at the culture around it and how we can like deep like why does he become a problem versus he is just a problem that I mean it, it sucks that The Simpsons does have this really strong trope that you know because this is where I preface like we do in every show I'm not South Asian I can't speak for that but mm -hmm. like I would I, I totally don't like when people come up and call me Chica or say essay so like i can like i think i, I mean, can, you can, like, you can you can speak for the mexican b guy because he's exactly. the only <laughs> brown person that i can think of who's in the simpsons other than lenny and like yeah. how many lines does lenny actually have in the simpsons so that's pretty much it <laughs> um and then it just get like but the whole other side is like literally everybody and there is a caricature of some piece of american yeah. life well now i'm thinking just about the general visual depiction of race on the simpsons because you do have so there's everybody in general is yellow which was a choice they made to get people to like stop when flipping through the tv to assume that something was wrong with the dial and like tune in and, and like adjust everything uh but then you have like dr hibbert and carl who are black yeah. and they're depicted as black and then there's like asian characters are a paler shade of yellow compared to like the simpsons characters and then uh like native american Next. characters are depicted like it, it, it's and weird how they choose beige. Yeah, I don't. And then there's like uh, character, but then there's like characters with purple hair and blue hair, and yeah, yeah. It's 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 like no consistency, but like enough that you have to question it and look at it. Yeah, and then again, like this, as we've kind of like talked through the show at this point, like the creators of this show are very like they're very like they made an entire like they brought up like math to explain a plot like they're very aware of what they're doing yeah uh, and i will say i haven't again haven't seen it yet but the problem with apu another good reason to watch it is that i know that the director is a big fan of the show yes um, it's not just somebody who's like i'm gonna come in and dump on this thing that all of you love because i found a problem with it it's like no no, no i'm dumping on this because i love it yeah. and because i want it to be better yep so yeah go watch the problem with apu and i should actually i think i know his name but i don't want to mispronounce it so yeah, Michael Melendoff, and it's written by Hari uh, Kondubalu, mm. um, which is all the all all of the um, stuff that I've talked or that I that I've listened to 
is a lot of the analysis that was written by um, Hari Kondabalu. Um, and a lot of the interviews I've heard have been him talking about it because he had a big creative push in getting this done. And at the end of the day, kind of being like, hey, if we're going to have Apu, which is pretty problematic representation, then yeah, let's, we need to have other things to offset that, um, that stereotype. Cause like groundskeeper Willie, nobody automatically thinks that every Scottish guy they meet is groundskeeper Willie or like every Christian is Flanders or, I mean, I guess they all think we're the Mexican bee. But yeah, like it, it, it's a problem because that's the only thing that's there. And it's like, it's written by white dudes, voiced by a white dude, playing an Indian dude to represent Indian. So it's, it's like, yeah, he kind of unpacks the problem in multiple ways. And he has like this really nuanced conversation. He really wants it to be a conversation. Um, if you want to know more about it, like I would like not only watch it, but look up some of the interviews that Hari Kondabalu has done um around it because they're, they're he's a big fan and he has a lot to say so i guess to wrap things up uh because we're almost at time we have to talk about the fan theory of predictions because it seems like every but time we're something... missing one thing though what we keep talking about this giant decline and i feel like we haven't actually talked about the decline well okay so this is why i didn't do a lot of research on the decline is because nobody really agrees when it happened and some people believe that it has come back from it, but then went back into it. And it was really hard to gather all the research. Because all I know is like Alex said, basically season 11. They're in season, what, 29 right now? Yes. So you're yeah. telling me this show stayed on in a de- decline for 17 years. Basically. And honestly, I'm, it's a I'm basically show? an apologist for saying that it goes up to season 11. Well, that's what I'm saying, because like for that long, you actually have more horrible seasons than you actually have good seasons. So it's actually, is it a bad show? Uh, I think it's just staying power of being as much of a cultural phenom- phenomenon as it was. Yeah, I would say it's exactly that, because, I mean, they dumped literally all of the other shows. Like, you know, they dumped American Dad and all of those other shows in their decline. I mean, South Park was off the air for a long time after its decline. I just think the staying power of The Simpsons gave it like that one exception to kind of stick around there despite the ratings. Yeah, no, I just find it fascinating. Cause like I said, everybody talks about these clients. It's like almost a decade long. And I'm like, well, you're talking about almost a third of his existence, if not 50% of his existence, people don't like. And so I just find that fascinating. Yeah, no, it is really interesting too, because like when you think about it, it's also one of those things where it's just kind of like, I don't watch the systems, reg- the Simpsons regularly, but I don't, like, I feel like it has to be on. Like, I, I feel like it has to be on air. Like, I, I feel like it's one of those, like, it was kind of like watching Sabado Gigante growing up. Like, that dude was old as hell before that show was done. Mm-hmm. And it happened every Saturday night. And I never, like, I only watched it if, if I was my grandma. But, like, when I heard it was canceled, I was like, oh, no, that's a cultural state. That's a cultural, yeah. like, thing. Like, this, this Honestly, should be there. I think, I think when The Simpsons ends... My prediction would be that the finale is going to pull in like a borderline Super Bowl numbers in terms of getting people to tune in because I think it's going to be so many people just in complete disbelief that this thing is gone. So, do you think yeah. it'll pass? I believe it's Mash is the highest, or is it? Something? I think I, I think it could definitely pass up Mash for the biggest finale, just because you're they're running you know thirty years strong. People remember it from their childhood, from their teenage years, from their college years. Um, 
even if you haven't been watching it, there's so much nostalgia around it that when you hear it's ending, it's going to be, you might first think, wait, it's still on, but then think, I have to see how this ends. Like, literally, like Alex, there is only an extremely small section of your life where The Simpsons isn't on the air. Oh, uh, actually, literally none of my life. It, it, oh, I, I, am, I am older than The Simpsons. It has been yes. on, yeah. I, I am six months older than The Simpsons, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, it is. It has never not existed with me. And when it ends, I will have to watch it. Like I don't have an option. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just find it fascinating because I'm like, I can withstand some bad seasons, but after about a decade, I don't know if I could have made yeah. it that long. Well, I think part of it could <laughs> <Or> also, <laughs> granted, I haven't watched a lot of the decline years, but I think part of it could also be people being overly harsh. Slash, when you are being compared to something as brilliant as seasons one through seven or one through eleven or wherever you cut it off. It is really hard to to be that good for that long, right? Um, so yeah, when you're comparing anything that comes out to these just absolute golden episodes with incredibly tight scripting, solid animation, amazing voice acting, like yeah, it's it's gonna get rough, and your dedicated fans are gonna be really really harsh with it. It's just funny because like I said, uh, there's been plenty of people that I've talked to. Obviously, they're like, yeah, I watched used to watch Simpsons, now it's garbage, and I'm like, it's still apparently on every year, so it can't be that bad. Right, somebody's watching. Yeah, there's got to be at least enough people where they're going to keep it. I think you also have to take into consideration the, um, I guess, like when it starts to decline, it has to be around the time that shows like Family Guy, uh, South Park, Futurama are all taken off on their own. So people have something other, another adult cartoon to watch mm-hmm. other than The Simpsons, and that might Which help. Things that like, are oh, well, this nine is, or ten. This is new, so this must be better, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah well, and the, it's quote edgier. It's more adult. It it swears more and gets grosser, which it, to me is not a reason to watch one show over another. But I'm sure that there are people who yeah. are like, yeah, it's a cartoon like The Simpsons, but it's you know full of really gross like whatever. Yeah, because yeah, if you're if you're at the tippy top and you have a decline, like is that decline really like does that decline make you better or make you worse than like some newer shows that are like at its peak, but their peak is never going to be as high as The Simpsons? Huh? You know, so it's it's like Tom Brady at forty. Tom Brady has declined next year. Like he's still yeah. one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, even with a decline. <laughs> See, we're going super edgy. It's <laughs> going, going after Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, because South Park was 97. Futurama and Family Guy were 99. American Dad's like mid 2000s. And Futurama, also an absolutely golden show. I, yes. I love that show. I love Futurama. Same. What? Same. Yeah, no, I, I think I think Futurama is probably one of my. If Futurama not, my will be an episode adult. on this damn podcast. Let's do it. Netflix, if yeah. you're listening. Netflix, if you're listening, please, please don't take it from me. Don't do it. <laughs> Isn't it all on Hulu please now? Don't. I think it is. Yep. Yeah, but come on, Netflix. I, I fall asleep to that. What am I going to fall asleep to right now? <laughs> Archer, season one is like amazing to watch over and over again. <laughs> Not um, used to it. wasn't wasn't in my childhood. I need some comfort. <laughs> some comfort listening. Man, I'm glad that wasn't in your childhood. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the final thing to end it on a super happy note, um, or at least like a super memeable note. I had to take yeah. a, a page out of like how Adrian makes sure to work in all like the big memes from things because I think this is like probably one of the biggest reasons why the Simpsons ends up on your feeds is because of their predictions. 
Um, so I have a couple here. Um, and a lot, and all, all the ones that I picked, which were like the top ones, they're actually really explainable. Um, so the Higgs boson prediction, where Homer like does the math equation on the board for the Higgs boson particle or the God particle. And um, really, what really? I know I squeaked it. Why are you still playing it's with the name squeaky foot. toy? Okay, you're worse than the dog. Um, yeah. Uh, so is the Higgs equation or the? Yeah, okay. it was. It was like a. It was like two numbers off or something like that. But it makes sense because these are like mathematics PhDs. One was from Harvard. Like these guys like know their stuff. So of course it was in there and it was already being worked on um, at the time that it's in the show. Um, the the other one is the Nobel Prize win by MIT professor Bengt Holm, uh, Bang, Bangt? Holmstrom. Holmstrom? It's a weird name. I'm kind of um, wondering who named their child that because that is a weird it's a, like it's, spelling. Yeah, it's like a German name. It has an umlaut over the O. Well, I'm not talking about the last name. I'm talking about the first name. Oh, I don't know. It just says B-E-N-G-T. Well, it's a different language, so. I guess so. Okay. It, it's a different language. Fair um, enough. It didn't look like that on the notes. It's a different language. Before I get called, like, a foreignist or something. I don't know how to do the, the umlaut, so it's a different name. It's a different language. Um. Yeah, so that guy winning the Nobel Prize... He was an MIT professor. It was in economics. And uh, now that you know the background of all the math on the show, I don't think that should be a surprise that they made that prediction. Because um, he was pretty big at the time. Um, also, the horse meat scandal. There is an episode where the lunch ladies are using horse meat. Yep. Um, I that... fully believe all of us have eaten horse meat. Yeah. I totally believe it. I'm, I'm, I'm totally in on this. Well, horse meat and uh, horse carcasses have been used in different productions of what we've had for centuries, pretty much. So, like, to think that there wouldn't be any, like, that's just kind of self-explanatory. We just don't know, and somebody found out. Um, the three-eye fish, um, there was a three-eye fish discovered in Argentina. Or, uh, yeah, and it had the three eyes and the little tentacle thing with the yeah. eye at the top. Yep. And so, like, that three-eye fish... Um, is it's an it's an Argentine fish, and pretty much um, like they found Argentina where there was a whole bunch of radioactive stuff, and when it comes to like mutations, like physical things, like there are extra limbs, extra heads, extra eyes, like all that type of stuff that happens all the time um, with different things. So it's not that far out of not that far out of the realm of possibility, obviously. Um, they also predicted Siegfried and Roy's tiger attack. They play with a damn tiger. I don't know what you expected. That seems like a low-hanging prediction. Exactly. Tiger went tiger. Um, so, like, I'm just kind of like, a lot of these that people are in awe of, I'm just kind of like, they were already there. Um, including the Donald Trump presidential, like, being the president. He was already talking about running at the time that that, that episode came out. Um, yeah, but in 2000, you think anyone believed that in 2000 that, that we would be in this timeline 18 years that's later? That's why it was a parody, and now it's our reality. Yeah, I don't think that one's really low hanging fruit. I think that's just happened, and we're not really sure what happened in, in 18 years since that happened. It, we're like, whoa, wait, wait, that was real. Which one then that makes it Mr. Dumas is the uh president? I don't remember his name's about dumbass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Nobody know this one. Wait, what is it? Basically, Mr. Dumbass is the president, but they call him Dumas. That's not idiocracy, is it? I didn't think it was. I thought it was either this one or it was Futurama. No, Futurama has Nick and Nixon, Jack Johnson, Nixon, and John Jackson. I, okay, <laughs> that's right. But I thought they had like one where they went. Oh, that might that might be because you know Futurama does time travel episodes naturally. Damn you, internet! Other Super Bowl predictions are pretty good. Like three yes. years in a row. You want to explain them? It was like what was it like in the nineties, right, Matt? It was like ninety, ninety three, ninety four, ninety five, or something like that. Yeah, or maybe so, it was ninety two, ninety three, ninety four. Like they predicted, like who was going to be in the Super Bowl like three years in a row. Yeah, they had a little weird stretch. I mean, it's not as weird as what they had for the presidential stretch they had going on, but yeah. What I mean, saying? what it clearly is is that the stone cutters control the world, and they're just yeah, putting exactly. out things. Exactly. Thanks, Alex. So, yeah, I mean, like, I, I think, like, what I kind of wanted to show, just because there are also a whole bunch of, like, the Simpsons predicted it, these, uh, the Simpsons predicted it things um, that are stuff that people just made on their own because, like, the Simpsons isn't a really hard art style to follow. Um, so, I mean, I don't think that they have, like, some fortune teller doing this. Yeah. Like, yeah. when you actually... Every... For the last... Yeah, for the last 15 years, after every Super Bowl that the Patriots are in, it's always like uh, Simpsons have some explaining to do, and they have, they post like the meme of like Belichick being angry, and like the score is what the score is. It's 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 so overused. And it <laughs> happens without fail whenever they're in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm looking at actually a few days ago. I saw this come up. The New York Times published an article titled "The Simpsons Has Predicted a Lot. Most of It Can Be Explained." Yeah, yeah, that's uh, so, where I, yeah, that's where I got a lot of these from. Yeah, when you use your critical thinking skills, you can figure a lot of these out. Because there's a bunch of them. Like it, it is like every time something big happens, there is a still of something from The Simpsons. Which that I mean, honestly, that could that's just like law of large numbers, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, pretty much all this stuff is literally just numbers and yeah. predictions and percentages. Definitely. Also, while Matt looks this up, I I will recommend the website frankiac.com, I think is what it is, where you can type in pretty much any quote from The Simpsons and it will pull up where that is in the episode and you can make a gif of it. Oh, that is amazing. Like you can just type in like a couple words of the line, like, uh, oh, another going back to your question about phrases. I am ever so pissed. <laughs> uh, one of my favorites. Willie, yeah, don't, yeah. Willie don't uh, care. I do I, groundskeeper Willie, like probably a little bit more of a stereotype than he ever should be, but he's such a good character. Yeah, yeah, no, he's definitely. Uh, pretty sure not everyone is like that. <laughs> yeah, but he's so good. Uh, that reminds me. Did you guys ever play Simpsons Road Rage? Because that's the one that I played growing up. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and I loved that game. I think at one point I unlocked all of the characters in it, and looking back at how much time goes into that, I don't know how I did it. You didn't have to be an adult. Basically. And there's just a just a shameful amount of like memorizing the map and where I can pick people up and what they'll want and where the next closest person is and yeah. Are you gonna No, you can go. I don't know. There's too many the internet is flooded presidents with dumbass stuff. Like it's impossible to find this thing. <laughs> All I know is there's a show where basically they're chanting dumbass and they're like, why are we calling it and like, no, his name is Dumas. 
I know what you're talking about vaguely, but I don't, I can't pinpoint it to an actual thing. I can't either. Did it really happen? Is this Mandela effect? It happened. We'll just never find it. But anyway, um, so that's pretty much all I have. So I guess like final thoughts on the Simpsons, guys. Ooh. Um, um sim- oh Matt, I go first. What are you doing? Kate never said anything, so it threw me off. I didn't know what to do. I forgot that I have to I call everybody's gonna... names. We have to pay give him permission to speak. You gotta be giving permission to speak. We don't exist. Um pretty, uh, like I said, like I watched the systems growing up, so it was kind of like the first adult kind of like cartoon I watched. Um when I was little and I love that it was first and it's given me even though i don't watch it and i haven't watched it in years like i haven't sat down like and said oh i'm gonna go watch the simpsons even though i haven't done that in years it's given me shows like futurama south park and, and things like that and i love those shows so a lot of my appreciation for simpsons is that they've given me some of my favorite adult tv shows and i don't know if we would be here without the simpsons doing all the great stuff that we it did as we've talked about through the, the episode yeah pretty much like I said, I haven't watched it. I doubt I ever watch most of it, even when they do their marathons of better, like, what, a week of Simpsons or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess appreciate it for all the other, I guess, shows that came from that, spawn, that spawned from them. I guess I have to thank them for that. Yeah, and I, I also agree with Alex that I would probably be there watching if it, they said, like, this is, like, it. But they've also I've also had that for like Family Guy and Futurama and all of my other favorite shows and they're like, Oh, this is it, we're not doing it anymore. I don't feel like Simpsons will ever end. So I feel like they're just gonna suck me in by saying, Yeah, this is gonna be our last season and then like three years later people are gonna be cramming uh cramming to want it to come back on yeah. T V because they don't know what to do without it. Yeah. I think they're just gonna do it for as long as they want them to do it. Or not them they want to do it, not them want them to do it. Yeah. I think overall, like yeah. for me, like, I just think The Simpsons matter because it is literally a mirror of pop culture and, like, one of the number one vehicles for pop culture in our society. Mm-hmm. Like, it is a, like, accomplishment to be a character in a Simpsons episode yeah. as, like, a celebrity or a pop culture icon. Like, that is, like, one of the status makers of whether you've made it or not. Which is funny that we talked about stereotypes only because we failed to mention King of the Hill, which also has a oh, ton of King stereotypes of that came out probably about the same time as South Park. I believe. Yeah, King of the Hill's act. I, I would say that like my ranking of favorite adult animation is like Futurama, King of the Hill, and that's really about it. Cause, or no, and American Dad, those three, and Family Guy underneath that. American Dad actually got better the longer it went on, oddly enough. I've seen a couple yeah. of the later season episodes, and I was like, huh, I don't hate this. I can agree with that. Yeah, I think it, because I like it because, like, at the end, it's great, and I just don't like I feel like Family Guy is inverse. Oh, absolutely. Like, it was really strong in the beginning, and then it was like, boop. Actually, I think it was very bad at the beginning, because that's why it got canceled, and then it got re-brought back. And then it got bad again. Well, then it was strong. Because it actually got canceled, I believe, after its first season. Yeah, it did. Family Guy? Yes. Oh, no. Family, Guy, Family Guy ran for three seasons, then got oh, axed. Three? Okay, yeah. well, three. I thought I only was two. Yeah, no, they ran for three. Like, I don't even know if I remember the first three seasons because I don't think I watched them again. 
like when I go, I always start like season four. Oh yeah. Or whatever the damn t- Twinkie episode is. Uh, I think that's actually a the two K episode. Yeah, and I think that's actually a season three episode. Yeah, I could I be wrong. The very last one. I think it's very one of the very last episodes ahead for the get axed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, I was. I'll say. I think the Simpsons matter because uh, kind of going off of what Kate said, but maybe pushing it a step further. I think that the Simpsons is. Uh, uh, it's an achievement in, in in that it is a convergence of all things pop culture and of most, if not all things, academic. Yeah. Uh, it, and it's like the fact that all of those are wrapped up in this highly accessible, entertaining bundle that everybody can watch. There's someone you can relate to or sympathize with in every episode. Like it is, it is just so unreal and unmatched. And I don't know that we'll ever get anything quite like it ever again. Uh, whether the show's gone downhill or not, the fact that it ever achieved that at any point in its run is really remarkable. Um, and I, and just for that alone, I think it's really important. Yeah, and I, I think it's like really safe to say is we did not near, we didn't, we just scratched the surface of why, like of the, but why those here for the Simpsons mm-hmm. and there is so much underneath it. Um, so, I mean, we'll probably do some more Simpsons stuff in the future where we yeah. like get really honed in on things. Cause like, there's a lot here, like even just yeah. from a character standpoint. I mean, we didn't even get into like literary homage that they do. Oh, yeah. And that's a huge part. Like they they borrow so many story formats and then just like do something brand new or the time that they did really nothing new with it. And they just had James Earl Jones read The Raven and animated it. And like, that's crazy. And people watch it and loved it. That was the first time that I ever heard The Raven was that episode. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's crazy that they could do things like that and get away with things like that and not just get away with it, but have people love it. Yeah. So I guess final question. Do you think if they so say they cancel at 30 is their last point They make the 30. Do you think anything will pass it or if anything got a shot? <sighs> yes, but it's a very pessimistic. Yes. It's very much the the same cynicism that I have around every movie being franchised and, you know, milked to death that if a show passes it, it will be because a studio just wants to keep making money off of it. Um, not to say that that's not why The Simpsons have kept alive, uh, but I, I don't know that lasting 30 seasons is natural, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because we're coming up on, I think, what, Family Guy's in like 17 or something Man, like that. Family Guy is the one surprise still going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, you're talking about the down years of that, and it's still going, and seems to be keep getting. I mean, even Futurama, I think, what made twelve or eleven before it even got Some... out. Futurama, I have no idea because the DVDs are released in volumes, not in seasons. Yeah, it's also weird because they were on like three different networks or whatever. Three different networks. There's one season that's just movies that were then diced up into episodes. It's yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I think too, like one of the things that probably sticks out for The Simpsons is that it's run, it has run and it's continued, like it's had a continuous format. Whereas, like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of these has jumped, have jumped around. Like, yeah. Family Guy, in like on top of being canceled and stuff, it moved networks, right? No. Thought it did. No. Yeah, the new they episodes got syndication are on, on FX. Um, yeah. And yeah, when it, did it move? It did move networks. American mm-hmm. Dad moved networks. When did Family Guy move then? Adults Bloom? No, I'm talking. That's talking about, syndication. Yeah, I'm talking about new episodes. I believe are still on Fox. American Dad switched from new episodes onto TBS. And that was like three oh, okay. or four years ago. Oh, that's that's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I, that's what I was. Yeah. That's what I was. Um, yeah, I thought we were talking about American Dad. Yeah. 
you know, American Dad. Yeah, the Family Guy episodes still come up. Yeah, Family Guy episodes still come up on on Hulu as like Fox. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure Family Guy, as far as I know, of, is still Fox. Okay. I could be wrong, but no, I, I don't have to watch. I have to watch it when it comes out on Netflix. But as far as I know, of, not yeah. for long. It's getting taken off too. Well, we're gonna need thirty-five freaking streaming services. Just so that's another episode by cable. <laughs> that's another episode. Streaming services matter, but why though? They do not matter yeah. anymore. They've been milked to death. But you know why? Fox right here and Disney and NBC and CBS. Yes, and CBS. CBS is assholes. Fuck you, CBS. CBS is the worst or the smartest. No, I fucking hate CBS. <laughs> okay, so they're let's not the smartest. I watch all of Star Trek illegally. <laughs> okay, so let's wrap this up. I thought we already did. Well, we haven't signed off or anything. Oh, yeah. We're just going off. Yeah, we try to do that. Oh, yeah. And then we can all go to Denny's after. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm closed right now, Alex. I will not be going to Denny's. I'm down. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show again, Alex. You are a part of our a part of our family here. Um, Very happy to be here. <laughs> and I expect the listeners to hear more from you on some special comic book episodes pre-Infinity War. Definitely looking forward to that. And, of course, my horror backup whenever I convince these two to do, do another horror episode. Do more <laughs> horror episodes, guys. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, I'll put my cardboard cutout right here. You guys can go to town. If you're a $10 Patreon subscriber, you can make us watch a horror movie. Oh, this oh is don't true. tempt me. <laughs> Except for the human centipede, which I need $150. That is actually on that Patreon tier, which says explicitly no human centipede. Unless you're paying me $150. That seems like a reasonable line to draw. Now, how about <laughs> Cannibal Holocaust? I have seen that already, so... Well, I guess I've also seen Human Centipede, so... Okay, so, anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you on the internet? Yeah, so I am on Twitter at Most Always Alex. My other podcast is What We Talk About When We Talk About, and we're on Twitter at WWTACast, and then Friday.com if you want to read about horror movies. And the Game Boys podcast. Oh, and, and Game Boys podcast that I do with uh, my friends Tim and Ryan. So if you like co-op video gaming specifically, that is a place for you. And they were on our Star Wars video game episode together. So yeah, nice that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I will say, I when you guys did your uh, big celebration episode, I did not realize how many times I'd been on the show. <laughs> See, that's why I told you I should have broke down the fun facts. That just means you're our friend, or I hope you're our friend. Yeah, not totally. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're friends, yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway. As always, you can find the podcast at But Why the PC on Twitter. Um, I'm going to stop plugging the Instagram because I haven't updated it. Or you can like send me some stuff and make me like update it. I don't know. Or you can um, voluntarily run our Instagram. Oh, yeah. Anybody want to run our Instagram? Please. Um, so you can find us at But Why the PC and on Facebook, facebook.com slash But Why the PC. And if you want to support us a little bit more, head on over to patreon.com slash But Why the PC. It is much appreciated and all of it goes to making this show better. And uh, you can find me at Oh My Myth Randier on Twitter and Instagram where I post pictures of my dog. That one is updated. Adrian? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter 
at SuperReese93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z 93. And hopefully weekly when we do our Dungeons & Dragons stream, uh, usually in the evenings at Twitch. What, what, is our, what is our thing for Twitch? Twitch.tv slash PC. Twitch.tv slash PC. I should know this. I run the stream from my computer. Uh, yeah. Uh, you want to give them a little taste of how you kill how you kill things? I just spoop them right on the nose whenever I get to play the female monk in our party. Uh, Matt? Uh, you can find me on the Twitter at datm18, D-A-T-T-M-1-8. So, Alex, you've been on the show enough. I hope you know what's coming. Yeah, uh, how to end this? Yep. Okay, I'm, I'm going to throw out two options because I don't know which one you'll be able to find. Either the uh, classic track, Do the Bartman, or Jazzman Testify as sung by Nancy Carr or by Yearly Smith. Okay. I think that's good. That's a good choice. If I can find them both, I'll put one at the beginning and one at the end. Perfect. Yep. <laughs> okay.
mine, you know they take it away But still I feel a good, so that's okay I'm up in my room just to sing in a song Listen to the kick drums kicking along Yeah, Lisa likes jazz, she's her number one fan But I know I'm bad, cause I do the part now Hey everybody, Shake it up. 